Welcome to Off Trail Learning. This is Blake Bowles. This is a special episode recorded here in Buenos Aires, Argentina during the Unschool Adventures Argentina Semester 2017. This is a 12-week program where I've brought 16 young adult grown non-schoolers ages 18 to 21, creeping upwards slightly, here to the capital of Argentina to live independently to learn Spanish, to uh, experience group living. So independent is a a little bit of a misnomer. There's three shared apartments in three different neighborhoods of the city, and roughly six of them live in each apartment. And so uh, there's a lot of firsts here. It's the first time being in a big city for many of them. It's definitely the first time being in a big foreign city. And it's the first time living communally for most of them. And so there's a lot of learning, there's a lot of challenge happening here. There's no required activities outside of going to three Spanish classes a week that are three hours long each, and attending our all-group meeting on Sunday evenings. Uh, So this really is a program for self-directed learners. They knew that, getting into it. They were supposed to bring some ideas for, for activities and projects to work on, and in this podcast, I gave them the opportunity to come and speak about how the semester is going for them. We recorded it two months into our three-month program, and not everyone from the group showed up. We had about uh, half the group show up for the podcast recording, and, and about half of, of those people had to leave uh, through the recording. And so uh, you'll hear the number of voices uh, reduce as we go forward. Also, this is the first time using a, a traveling microphone that I have to, so I can record podcasts while on the road. And something that I, I learned pretty quickly after doing this recording is that we have very differing uh, voice volumes. And so I'm apologizing in advance for sudden changes in volume from very loud speakers like me to more soft-spoken speakers. And so just uh, tread carefully as you go forward with the volume levels that you have been warned. All right, without further ado, here is the Argentina semester group, at least part of them. We all decided that we don't want to start with something that's boring. We want to jump right into the the hard stuff. And so the first question is, what has been one of the most difficult parts of this trip for you? Hey, this is Abby. Um, And the hardest part of this trip for me has just been the language barrier in general. I think that just makes the whole experience that much more challenging, like when you don't speak the local language. This is Zane speaking. Probably, I didn't think about this being something that was going to be hard, but trying to stretch myself too thin and doing a lot more than I could physically or mentally afford to do, it's just been really helpful for me to stay at home one day out of the week and just have some time to myself. Howdy, y'all. I'm Spencer. The hardest part of this trip for me thus far has been taking the tremendous amount of inspiration I've gained from it and sort of painting that onto my life and figuring out what to do next. Hi, this is Leif. Uh, My hardest part with this trip so far has just been uh, having this ton of freedom as an adult in a different country and being so interested in so many different kinds of things that I can do and not having enough time or energy. So like staying up way too late one night just because I can or stuff like that. This is Grace. Um, something that has been challenging for me it, it <laughs> is um, how it can be really overstimulating in a city. Um, and figuring out how to develop different centering practices so that I can be fully present um, and be able to participate in the adventures here. Uh, Hi, uh, my name's Eric. Um, Probably one of the most difficult things for me on this trip has just been um, I sleep in really late a lot. Uh, I think a lot of people sleep in, but I think I sleep in the most. And... I end up, like, a couple hours go by after I wake up, just get ready, and then the day is pretty much over. And then it's just, I don't, and sometimes I feel like I don't 
take advantage of the opportunity that I have here. Um, but then it doesn't really bother me that much. I think that I'm spending my time here fine and I'm happy. Hi, this is Sierra. Um, I think the hardest part for me, before I came on this trip, I had a pretty clear idea of what I wanted to do here. And the reality is just I've been so overcome with other opportunities that arise that I kind of lose focus of what I came here initially to do. Like, um, I've just been overcome with like Spanish classes and tango the first month and other field trips that we've been doing. So I've kind of lost track of um, the other things I wanted to do here, but it's also fine to change what I'm getting from this trip. This is Kay. I think the hardest part for me that I've had being here is how overwhelming it's been for me being in a city that's so packed with people all the time and dealing with that. Hello, uh, this is Tucker, and thank you for that. I suppose the biggest thing that I've struggled with personally has been uh, feeling tethered to the city and to my apartment and having these sorts of desires to venture out and explore other regions of the country. Um, other, yeah, never mind, that's it. Hello, this is Karen. Um, I think the hardest part for me has been having so many wonderful things to do um, offered up to me in, within such easy reach and just so many fun things that I forget to take time for myself and pursue the things that I wanted to pursue um, and just having time to myself to do my own thing instead of getting swept along with the rest of the group doing whatever which is also fun but then I lose track of what I want to do. Hi, this is Tom. I would say for me, the hardest part of the trip has been less access to um, my social media accounts. That it makes it hard, hard uh, to live without. Great. And uh, why don't we move on to the, the sort of challenges of independent living. Like you're here, you have your own apartment and shared with other people. And you get to send me a, a message if something's not working, like the hot water's off, or the electricity's out. But otherwise, you pretty much have to do everything yourselves. You have to do your laundry. You get money each week and you get to choose how to spend that money on food. Um, and everything else is, is pretty much on your own. It's like a, a crash course in independent city living. So uh, how about specific to that? What have you been learning? What have you been struggling with in the, the independent living department? I found that uh, food has become such an integral part of my life living here and living uh, in an independent household. Uh, before, it wasn't that big of a deal. I would just like, make myself a sandwich so I could go out, and there's always food uh, in the fridge with my family. But here, all of the food is... All of our responsibilities and just taking that into account in my day-to-day -day life uh, it's become a much bigger part of my life the main problem for me has i have been here for over two months now and i've only done one load of laundry i'm used to having a, a laundry machine and there's not one in my apartment, and evidently this is extremely hard for me to go out and do laundry. And the one time I did do laundry, it was inside of my own bathtub. I would say on my part, um, one of the more difficult things I've come across in terms of independent living has been managing the process of eating meals as a group together within my apartment. There has been uh, different strategies taken uh, by different members of the apartment regarding how the best way to consume uh, nourishment is. And it, it uh, has resulted in some minor schisms, but I think all in all, it's, it's been a valuable learning experience. In the future, should I choose to 
embark on like a, another group living type endeavor, uh, I think it'd be really beneficial for me to communicate with these people beforehand and like come to a very mutual understanding of like what our intentions in life in general are, like what do we want for the house, uh, things of that nature. And that's been kind of difficult here, uh, being tossed into a house with a bunch of people whom I uh, uh, know nothing of whatsoever. And everyone has different desires uh, as it applies to things as simple as like when we want to go to sleep, when we want to wake up, what we want to eat. And, um, you know, that's been Uh, a real challenge that I've had while being here has just been trying to figure out um, the kind of living situation that I want to have in the future. I spent six months, a little bit more than that, living mostly by myself in uh, 2016, and it was a very uh, unhappy experience. Just, it, it was very... It was very lonely. I mean, it was not, I always imagined that I was an introverted type person, wanted to be alone a lot of the time. And then that wasn't a good thing at all. And then coming onto this trip, I'm like, I'm going to totally like love being surrounded by like a ton of people all the time. And it isn't necessarily the best thing. It's better than being completely alone. But at the same time, it's it can be overstimulating and it's a challenge to like, you know, it's easy to lay on my bed and watch YouTube videos and be alone. Um, and I feel like I should use this this time that I have here with this group to uh, kind of, like, you know, immerse myself in a group, a large group. Another <clears throat> another item regarding uh, intergroup dynamics has been our adoption of our cleaning schedule. We've adopted a weekly to bi-weekly power hour-esque system, and that has um, caused some some challenges to arise regarding people who within the apartment who on some occasions simply don't feel like participating in said hour of cleaning, and uh, it it can be an issue sometimes, but it, uh, then it, then again, it's been a valuable learning experience, and I really thank uh, um, Unschool Adventures for providing this experience because it's been a very great experience. So. Uh, speaking of cleaning, uh, it's also been interesting being responsible for every part of the house. Like, if there's a plate on the table, then nobody's expected to take that plate, and it's not like there's somebody who is taking care of the house instead of us. Everything is our responsibility. And that's been a bit different for me, but it's been very fun to work out different dynamics. Like uh, in my apartment, we have uh, each person has a different room that they're assigned to for the week, and then we switch every week. Uh, and if there's like a big mess or it starts to get a little messy, then the person will take care of it. And it's been a nice way for us to... Uh, keep the house clean without like having to uh, encroach in any of our schedules because we can all clean on our own time when we feel uh, is best. So I'd love to hear uh, any practical advice you might have for other people who are in a similar situation to you. Let's say a group of friends who decide to move into a shared house together because it's much more economical to do that. And they're like, yeah, we're all just going to move in together and it's going to work out perfectly because it's going to be just like TV. Now everything's going to be fun and easy all the time. Uh, that's not the reality. And uh, so I'd love to hear what kind of advice you have based upon your, your two months of being here so far for uh, people doing group living situations. I think if you're a dirty person, you should aim to surround yourself with uh, like-minded individuals and if you want to be dirty and live in a house, it's like, if those sorts of things don't bother you, then you should find other people whom that doesn't bother. They may be like few to come by, but they do exist. Um, and on that same, never mind. Um, definitely communication is key. Um, yeah. Communicating with your roommates. Um, about what everyone's expectations are. I think that was already mentioned a little bit. And just, like, making sure everyone's on the same page about cleaning, what kind of food, um, and, you know, various, pretty much everything else that arises. Um, 
our apartment has or almost has had weekly meetings um, where we discuss meal planning for the week or groceries or cleaning or anything else. Um, I think those are really helpful and also good to just check in with each other and kind of have a little bit of, you know, bonding. You do nothing else. Like, I don't care what you do, but just bare minimum. Like, just have basic respect and consideration for the other people that live in your household. Um, and also clean up after yourself. <laughs> like, within reason. Excellent. Um, so, I'd like to stress the importance of communication yet again, because I do feel that it is, like, of the utmost importance. I think it's the single, like, greatest factor uh, when living with a group of people. And I think it should be taken to an extreme even. Uh, I think that I personally benefit in a situation where I'm surrounded by people who are being um, absurdly vulnerable. I think vulnerability is like incredibly key as it applies to like, you know, every aspect that you're comfortable with of your life. I really like being open with other individuals and sharing with them things that uh, may seem unnecessary. But I think it like builds... <laughs> I think it builds good relationships. Um, yeah. Not saying I take my own advice, but uh, random acts of kindness are good. If you see a mess, sometimes you should just clean it up. Uh, if you see the dishwasher has all clean dishes, sometimes you should just put them away. Don't worry about assigning everything. Sometimes you should just do it. I'd like to reiterate the point on bonding. I think it's extremely important if you're living with other people to have them be more close friends than just strangers that happen to be living in the same house as you. Uh, have a lot of fun. Like every night you should be doing something super exciting and fun. This is the kind of thing where you can really enjoy a group living experience. On that point, I, I agree to some extent with that. But at the same time, sometimes when you're living with a group of people, your schedules don't line up exactly. And you might see one of your roommates only like once a week, if at all. And I feel like even though it's good to have group events with everyone, sometimes it's important to check in with somebody or have that bonding when you do have little moments. It doesn't need to be something big. It can just be checking in like, how was your day at like work or at work? Uh, with your creative endeavors today or uh, maybe like making a little snack or something for them. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with the uh, emphasis on communication. I also um, think it definitely think it is definitely important to have a certain degree of shooting of the crap, so to speak. Uh, there should be lots of playful banter and uh, not necessarily like, very, you know, deep kind of heavy-hearted bonding. I think funner bonding is is definitely requiring required, and just sort of lightheartedness is goes a long way. Personally, I would. There's a large difference to me between bonding and just somebody saying, "How was your day? Did you have a good time at the park?" Those questions feel like filler content to me, and they don't. I don't get deeper bonds necessarily with someone. However, in the apartment that I'm sleep sleeping in most of the time, <laughs> there is a double shower. For instance, me and my friend Spencer, we both took a shower in both of these showers at the same time with freezing cold water and ate oranges while listening to music in the shower, screaming like madmen. And that is a bonding experience. And if you can do that sort of thing every day, I say do it every day. Thank you, Zane. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. I'm curious uh, about the, the language barrier being in a foreign country here and the communication barrier and uh, how you have struggled with this and how you have overcome it as you've been taking language classes, Spanish classes, for the past uh, two months, three times a week. Uh, the language barrier has been far less of an issue than I had initially thought it was going to be. Um, not because I'm some Spanish savant, but because I found myself like so well fulfilled within this group of English speakers, like as far as social outlets go, I have not struggled to find someone to speak with and enjoy my time with uh, at any point. Um, 
And I know all the like phrases necessary to receive everything that I need to like, you know, exist in a healthy fashion. Um, that's all. I have um, kind of struggled with the language barrier here just because cities are not the most comfortable place for me. Uh, in my city at home, often days when I'm feeling overwhelmed, it'll be easier if I can have like a little conversation like talking to a complete stranger like in a grocery store or at a coffee shop. But I've struggled learning Spanish here, so I haven't had the ability to talk to random strangers as easily, and that's been a little difficult. Um, yeah, kind of similar to what Kay was saying, just... There's not that instant connection where you know you will understand each other when you try and talk to a Spanish-speaking person, even if you do have basic Spanish communication skills. And I find some people are easier to talk to than others. And as my Spanish has progressed, I've gotten to the point where I can understand a lot more than I can articulate. So there's always going into a conversation that fear of like, I think I understand you, but I have no way of, like, articulating what I want to say. And it's very interesting the way you interact with someone when there's that barrier. Like, it seems like a very real barrier. Yeah, it's interesting. It is uh, not necessary all of the time to know a lot of Spanish to get by here, at least in my experience. It's good to know the things for when you are buying stuff and when you want to go somewhere and you need to ask directions. But if anybody comes up to you and starts talking, you do not understand. Luckily, in Spanish, the word for no is no. And just say no. I feel like I went into this trip thinking that I was going to learn a lot more Spanish or that I was going to learn a lot more Spanish beforehand and learn a ton of Spanish while on the trip. But um, I feel also that my goals have kind of shifted away from that. But the price of that is kind of just being a shy person in general. And I mean, even if I'm just talking like in English with somebody, I'm shy to begin with. So if I know that I can't communicate effectively, it's just easier for me to not communicate at all. And I do feel like that it kind of holds me back in some ways because I feel like I would like to go out and do more things and meet more people. But I can't because I don't feel like that I can communicate adequately. So it's sort of self-reinforcing. You don't go out to get the experience. And then, yep, got it. It's a tough one. I've found that uh, even though we're living in a country with Spanish speakers everywhere, like you can go out on the street and hear Spanish, all like some most of the songs that are on in supermarkets are in Spanish, although some of them are also in English. Uh, it's it still takes a very strong intention to learn the language to actually improve in any like very large way. And I found it's it. It would be very easy for me. I feel like there was one week where I didn't intentionally go out to learn any Spanish. I was only learning in classes. And I felt like my Spanish kind of fell away a little bit. And I wasn't understanding stuff as well. I was forgetting words more often. And I I just like to reiterate to anybody who uh, wants to learn a language in a different country to not forget that, to still stay strong with your intention and go out of your way to speak the language and learn more words and stuff. Um, I think one of the most wonderful things about being here is um, how much context we get for all the words that we learn. Um, it's one thing to learn words on paper or try and memorize grammatical structures, but when you are sitting on a subway and you're, over, you're overhearing people's conversations, um, you can tell what the rhythm, what the usage is in a just really different way um, than you can from a book. Yeah, and um, similar to that, when you have the context and when you um, actually have a positive um, experience communicating with someone and you both understood and you used that word that you learned in class the other day and they understood and it was awesome. And it's such a great feeling of like, yes, I did it. I know it. 
great. Um, my personal experience with the language barrier here, um, I have not had that intention that Leaf was talking about um, very much to actually learn the language. It's just something that I haven't found um, like exciting or like fun to do. So just since I'm not picking up the language as much as like the peer, my peers in this group, and I'm, I have incredible difficulty trying to talk to strangers every time I do have to talk to um, native Argentine people. I end up just gesturing things with my hands and just making noises like, hmm, 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 and just like pointing at things. And it's very fun. That is a fun language to experience is miming and little noises. I think this is a good bridge to the next question, which is uh, you are here for three months with very few formal requirements about what you need to do. You need to go to Spanish classes three times a week. Each class is three hours. Um, we have an all-group meeting on Sunday nights. There might be a few other things that you feel obliged to do, but pretty much you have a bunch of free time. So it's like a semester abroad, like a college semester abroad, minus you know the full-time academics. And so you have a lot of freedom, and you have a lot of choices about what to do with that freedom. And so the question is, um, how do you feel you have uh, addressed this challenge? Uh, so when I came here, I had some clear goals in mind. Uh, but once I landed in the city of Buenos Aires, all of those went out of my head and I started just experiencing the city as it was and trying to get any experience and go to as many things as I could. But I, I realized that uh, I personally have a hard time doing stuff that I'm very interested in without setting a, like, a serious schedule or making some reason for me to actually do it. Uh, and what I did was I made an agreement with my uh, roommates uh, to help me get into a better sleep schedule so I would have energy to do the things I wanted. Uh, I would give them 100 pesos if I didn't make it into my bed by 12 a.m. Uh, I failed a couple of times, so now they can go buy ice cream and eat it in front of me. Uh, but it helped me be super aware of the time that I was spending uh, and making sure that I was getting enough sleep to enjoy and uh, take advantage of all the opportunities that I was given. Mm. One of the most important uh, lessons that I've taken away from this is I've really refined my ability to go with the flow. And initially... Um, in the planning phases of this trip, I, uh, I too had a lot of intentions, a lot of goals that I wanted to follow through on. Uh, but upon arriving here, those were very uh, shattered and a whole lot of new opportunities presented themselves. And I think it's, you almost have to try to dodge these opportunities when, a place, when in a place so foreign. Um, Um, I feel like before this trip, there was a lot of pressure, um, from people that I knew to have a plan as is standard of people my age. What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to go to college? Are you not going to go to college? But in this case, it was, what are you going to do in Argentina? Because it's such an open program. So I devised this grand scheme and the script that I told everyone of, oh yeah, I'm going to be learning Spanish and tango and ballet and blah, blah, blah. But when I got here, there was a lot more opportunities than I expected, which w is a good thing. Um, and definitely experiencing a city as it is, as Leaf said, is an amazing thing in, in itself. Um, so I found that free time is actually have something that I have to make for myself because there are so many cool things that I want to go to. And this is a problem that I struggle with in my life at home as well as choosing what to go to and like things that I have to say no to for my own personal sanity um so yeah city superpower say no so you can say yes to something better I really agree with what Karen is saying um before this trip I had a lot of like little personal intentions for things I wanted to do like get really good at guitar which I totally haven't done and write every day which I kind of have done 
And I also had a lot of pressure from family and stuff of what I was going to be doing here and that I should be learning Spanish really well and a lot of that. But I feel like I haven't had any downtime since I've been here, which is entirely my own fault. But there's so many events and opportunities that are offered every single day, and it's so hard to say no to all of them for me because fear of missing out. So it's very hard for me to set aside time for my own personal projects that I may not be doing very well with and do that instead of saying no to this really cool night event that's going on. Uh, I also came into this trip with a lot of intentions for what I was going to be doing. Like, I thought I was going to be doing a lot of vlogging. I'm going to learn Spanish really well. I'm going to go out. I'm going to talk to people, and it's going to be great. And none of that ended up really happening. Um, but at the same time, I don't feel like my time here is being wasted. I feel like I'm spending my time in ways that are making me happy and even though it's only been like two months now, um, I feel like I have just changed so astronomically as a person and I didn't think that was going to happen. Like I've heard stories of people just being like, you know, you travel internationally and you like, you change as a person or like you travel internationally and like, it's not going to give you like that, like changing experience that everybody talks about that they say it's going to give you. And I don't know, I feel like I'm one of those people that kind of had like that weird life shift changing experience that like people spin yarns about all the time or whatever um so yeah when i came here and set goals for myself i knew that the city was gonna be very chaotic and i know how i normally end up doing these kinds of things so i fully committed to just accepting everything that the city has to offer or doing stuff with friends while i'm here and just having a really good time because I think that's very incredible to my enjoyment. But if there's ever a time where I'm sitting talking to my friends and I'm not having a good time and I'm thinking just like, wow, I'm super bored right now, then I can fall back onto those goals that I brought when I came here and I can go, I'm not bored. I have these goals that I can work on. At the start of the trip, um, I always had this thing in the back of my mind. We have three months here. That's so much time. I have so much time to do everything that I want. Um, so the first few weeks, I got caught up in like doing group activities and just going with the flow. And then suddenly, we're halfway through the trip. Okay, I need to like reset my goals. I need to make time for myself to um, do the things that I came here to do. And then we're a few weeks in more. Um, we have three weeks left, and I'm like, okay, three weeks left. Um, really time to like start doing the things I need to do here. I definitely think since the trip is coming to the end, um, my mind is getting clearer about what I haven't done that I really want to uh, get done. So I'm doing that. I feel like this uh, struggle that a lot of us are talking about with uh, the realizing all of these opportunities that are being given to us and like having to decide where our times go, where our time goes is uh, kind of like, to me, it's realizing my freedom as an adult, like how much I'm required to do and how much I want to do and how the only way that I'm ever going to do the things that I want to do is if I actually intentionally set aside time for it. And it's been a really great like awakening to that mindset for me to just be aware uh, of my time and know that I can set aside time for things, but it's not just going to happen naturally. I have to be aware of it. And that's good. So I've been hearing a lot about what you came here thinking you're going to do and then ended up not doing. And so I want to pendulum swing over to the other side and maybe have, uh, have story time. I'd love to hear what is maybe one of the most memorable moments or days or activities that you've had on this trip so far um, something that really kind of stands out and maybe defines it for you um, so the, the positive definition of what's happening here instead of the negative first off i'm sorry to everyone else who's going to say this but 
I remember when we were on uh, one of our first field trips, when we went to Tigre, we were working on building a a, uh, a shed for the the couple that was hosting us. And, you know, it was, it was hard work, and I, I was glad to help, but it then started raining really heavily, and we didn't have to work any longer. And we got to instead play in the uh, rain and uh, as the ground got uh, flooded in the you could actually almost swim where we were previously standing uh, and go in the water and it, it wasn't cold it was perfectly uh, warm uh, for me that that was I think maybe the first thing that instantly stood out uh, on the trip that was something I, I just am not used to at all especially coming from a drought stricken land. I think one of the most memorable things um, about this trip is the trip we took to Barloche. Um, me and a friend extended our trip, so we got to uh, book hostels for ourselves and plan what we wanted to do. So we got to um, hike up a mountain and stay at a refugio um, in the mountains, and that was really incredible. And then we got to meet these um, travelers in these hostels and learn all about their travels and we were really independent in that time because we didn't have anyone else from the group with us. So we had to really take on more so than we have been um, in our apartments with the other group members. Okay, the, I think the most memorable part of this trip that I'm going to take in the future is probably living with my three other roommates. We've had so many cool little times like uh, one night we turned off all the lights and ate some cookies in the dark together and just hung out. And another time we randomly put on some music and had a little dance party before we were going out and just little moments like that and living and having this like great connection with other people that I'm living with that aren't my family. It was it's such a new and wonderful experience that I'm going to remember for a long time. I think anytime you put yourself in a really unfamiliar environment, uh, here it's the language and the city and the different culture. Um, you have this opportunity to reevaluate your habits and your goals because you have to, because you can't operate by habit in the same way. And I think that having the chance to do that for not just a short blip of time, but three months is, uh, has been a really valuable experience that will, um, affect my choices continuing onwards. I think the most memorable thing for me on this trip has just been the constant flow of how much I'm learning about myself. Um, I am really realizing how much value I hold in being able to write down my thoughts um, and how much self-reflection on myself I'm doing like how I interact with people and how I interact with myself and where my real comfort zone actually lies. I have learned more about myself in these two months than I have in like the past several years, I think. Adding on to my uh, trip about Barloche and Abosan that I was um, talking about earlier, um, when we were hiking down from the refugio, uh, in the mountains, I uh, slipped and sprained my ankle very bad. Um, so we are all put in, all the people I was hiking with, we we're all putting in this situation, like, how do we handle this? What's the best course of action? Because we didn't know how bad it was. Um, so we wrapped it up, and I continued hiking. And then we were at this bus stop, and um, I was limping around everywhere, and some stranger just came up to me and handed me a medical wrap for my foot. And that moment, I just felt so, I don't know, loved by the people around me. And the person just gave it to me and walked away like there was no other communication. And that just felt so amazing to me. I'm going to weigh in on this one, too, and say that I think this is my seventh time in Argentina. So it's uh, not my first time around the block here. But it's the first time that I've uh, intensively taken one-on-one -on -one dance lessons with uh, our tango teacher, Alejandro Puerta, who we all highly recommend if anyone's visiting Buenos Aires, take a lesson with Alejandro. 
And um, I just feel like learning tango, uh, which is a very difficult dance, like there's a lot of precision involved, a lot of very micro movements and a lot of body awareness that when I started learning tango years ago, I just did not have. And so it's been a long, difficult road. But having a one-on-one teacher, which is honestly something that I just can't afford back in the United States. But in Argentina, because of the, our, the, the currency power of the, the U.S. dollar right now, like human services, like things like haircuts, for example, or, or tango lessons are actually affordable. And so just getting to go so deep into this really uh, kind of esoteric physical art form has been, has been really hard for me, but really transformational. And, and the feeling of getting to, to go out to a, a malanga, a social tango dance, and ask a stranger to dance and do this move that I just learned and it actually works is just, ah, it does not get better than that. I remember when uh, the last night before I, I left uh, Bariloche, I had decided to go out for a, a hike in a national park. And I, th- I thought that I would start at one end and get out the other end. But by the time I made it, Maybe a quarter of the way, it was already uh, the sun was already setting, and so uh, on my way back, uh, it was it was dark out. I don't remember seeing any other person there, and all I could think about was the sign I had said that, said uh, that I had seen that uh, said that mountain lions had been spotted in the area. I uh, held my bottle against my neck to protect it from attack, and I was thinking already about uh, how I would build a shelter and spend the night there. Luckily, I made it back, or unluckily, depending on who you ask. Um, I would say one of the most memorable moments in the trip for me was traveling um, on my own with a few other people from the group when we extended from the Barlow Tree trip. Um, and being in like hostile experience again, talking to other travelers, and occasionally getting to practice my Spanish and having it all the practice pay off um, was really cool. And talking, um, just meeting such interesting people from all over the world and experiencing different places, um, it's always very memorable. Great. So I've got one more. I've got two questions for you and choose one or the other. You're very inspired. Choose both. Uh, There's about one month left in the trip, actually three and a half weeks. And uh, having been this far in, what is still left on your your to-do list, your to-accomplish, to-experience, to-try while here in Argentina list? Um, Other question is, what do you think you might be taking home from this trip, especially something you might not have expected that you were taking home like a new part of you a new attitude a new outlook maybe some bad habits hey whatever i think one thing that i need to do for the end of this trip is actually go out with the local just to like chat at a coffee shop or in a park and hang out and converse with somebody in spanish or english or like just to make a new friend because i went out recently with a person that i just met but it was to a club and it was mostly just dancing not much talking so i want to get that done and uh something else that i've learned on this trip that i'm gonna be taking out of it is that uh just that awareness of my time because i'm a very procrastinative person and this this trip has been uh just pushing me away from that so much i've been pulled into into passion mode and i'm going to be taking that out of the trip I think one of the most important things I'm going to be taking away from this trip is just um, a sense of independence and kind of comes back a little bit to the language barrier thing because now certain things that I kind of didn't really like doing back in the States, like grocery shopping or like things like that, um, I feel like will be kind of easier for me now or like even figuring out public transportation or something along those lines. Um because I've done it here with a language barrier. So 
if I can do it here with language barrier, then I can certainly do it back home where I can communicate more effectively. Um, and the other thing that I'll be taking from this trip is um, just, I feel like I'm going to live my life differently. I feel like I've lost a lot of rigidity in my thinking and plans from my life aren't quite as linear and more of, I don't, I don't know, a web, I guess. So one thing that I, well, a couple things that I still need to do are take a ballet class in a foreign country, because that was one of my goals from the beginning, and I at least want to take one. Um, and also make a local friend. That was also one of my goals from early on, and I think it's very important one for me. Um, some things I'll be taking home from the trip. Um, definitely more independence and just being okay by myself and knowing how to figure out things on my own or ask for help when I need it. Um, and also just more, um, I don't know how to put it, more excitement about the world and like I'm actually I, this was surprising to me I, I actually feel more inspired by this trip to explore more of my home area like I live close-ish to LA but I never felt the desire to go explore it but living in this big crazy city um I feel like when I go home I want to explore more of LA and I want to explore more of the other states that I've been to and visit friends and um hike more and and travel more and all these things um it's kind of a new sort of feeling um of just inspiration after spending almost three months here I feel way more driven to really explore the state that I live in. I live in the Midwest and feel stuck there a lot, but I feel way more stuck here some days. And I feel way more excited to do the four or five hour drive down to the Ozarks and explore those and really stop taking for granted the, the house that I live in and that I won't have for too much longer. And I'm, I'm really excited to try and have a really good living dynamic with my family now after learning how to live independently. I want to go back and try and have an even better relationship with my family since they're the ones that I live with. Well, I still need to see the museum attractions of the city and that will definitely be a priority in the last uh, few weeks here and also trying to see more of the wildlife. I feel like what I would bring back is uh, some new recipes for uh, dishes and an appreciation of having people make my food. Uh, the need to pick up more of those ads I see on the street because there is some good cheap food nearby that is worth eating. Uh, and uh, friendships that might last a lifetime. But that cheap food, though, much more important. Good friendships that might last a lifetime. All right, last question, everyone. What is your favorite Argentine comfort food? And I'm going to answer this myself first. I came here loving ice cream, and I'm leaving loving ice cream. And uh, there's this one place I discovered that's got this magical mousse de limon with, like, a ribbon of, of lemon. Uh, I don't know. It's like essence of lemon ribbon through it. And then they have lemon cookies broken into it, surrounded by lemon ice cream. And at 3 p.m., like, after a tango lesson, it is just, there's nothing better. Nothing. I think my favorite Argentinian comfort food has got to be, they have these little cookies. They call them alfajores. 
Uh, and they're like these two cookies with dulce or mousse. Uh, dulce de leche is kind of like a caramel, uh, but Argentinian. Uh, <laughs> and they're like these two cookies with like some kind of filling. And then the, those that little cookie sandwich is like dipped in a chocolate outer coating. And just like sinking your mouth into that good, good chocolate is it's just in- incredible. And just, they just come in little packages and it's super cheap. And oh, I'm addicted. <laughs> I also agree. Alfajores are delicioso. Um, probably my favorite Argentinian food would have to be empanadas because. They come in so many different shapes, sizes, flavors. You can buy the masa from the grocery store and fill them with whatever you want at home and bake them. And I don't understand why we don't have them in the United States. Like, I think this is a crime. Um, <laughs> so I think that's what I'm going to bring back, actually, empanadas. I think it needs to happen. Ditto on the empanadas. I need some actually in my life right now it's been a while it's been probably at least a week the dulce de leche is very very good and there's something that makes me think they just give it a they give a normal thing a fancy name but it it makes it better and uh, i'd love to bring that back i think my favorite argentinian comfort food is mate but that's followed very, very closely by empanadas. Mate is a very popular tea here. It's like kind of a green tea, but it has a very specific flavor, and the whole culture around drinking and sharing it is really beautiful. That's my favorite part. I think um, a place where a lot of my money is going is uh, facturas, uh, like pastries. Uh, They're so cheap. You can get them so fast, and you just eat them all day. Um, I am a victim of eating them a lot during Spanish class because um, they're everywhere and you can just get them so easily. Um, so I, def- I will be definitely missing uh, the access when I go back to the U.S. So really what we're all taking home from this trip is like between 5 to 15 pounds of, uh, <laughs> of uh, c- condensed Argentine comfort food in the form of uh, that. Uh, excellent. All right. Thanks, everyone. If you enjoyed this ad-free podcast, there are many ways you can support it. You can write a review on iTunes. You can share it on social media. You can email it to someone who might benefit from it. Or you can support it directly with a per-episode donation at offtraillearning.com slash support.